Welcome to Millennial 602. I'm Andrew. I'm Laura. And I'm Pamela. How's everybody this week? Good. Kind of disappointed that my name does not rhyme with any numbers, so I can't pull what you do anytime we have an episode number ending in two. Yeah. I feel I like a rapper. does either, so we're in the same boat. No, Andrew neither the rapper. That's too bad. I had something scary happen to me the other day. I had a Starbucks scare. Do you know what a Starbucks scare is? Did they get your drink wrong? No. Somebody stole like $50 out of my Starbucks account. What? Oh, shit. I would be pissed. <laughs> Especially Pam, somebody who's obsessed with coffee. Right. I wake up one morning and I have a notification on my phone. Your Starbucks balance is now $17. I'm like, what the hell? I just, I've been at home all morning. I have not gone out to Starbucks. So I look, there's a $44 transaction at a Starbucks in Maryland. What happened was, it's my own dumb fault, and this is about to be a PSA, a lot of passwords have gotten leaked over the past few years through various breaches. And a couple weeks ago, my friend who I run Hypable with, Richard, he was like, hey, I looked at your email address. Your email address is all over these breaches. You should update your passwords. I'm like, okay. Well, of course, my basic ass Starbucks password was one of them. So luckily, if this happens to you, I hope this is a learning lesson. A, update your password. But B, you can call Starbucks. They give you a new Starbucks card number and they're giving me all the money back. That oh, that's was nice stolen. of them. That's good customer service. Yeah, yeah. So I was relieved about that because it was the one time, of course, the one time I accidentally reload my Starbucks card multiple times and then I had way too much money in sit- sitting in there. That's when somebody took advantage of me. But make secure passwords, y'all, because people will break into your accounts. I spent that whole following morning updating all my passwords, doing super secure passwords generated through one password. Yeah, I got a notification from uh, my credit card company that my email address was found on the dark web. (laughs) Oh, wow. And I was like, I don't know what that means. But um, something that I I take a lot of pride in, actually, is that ever since I was in high school, I've been doing the like, highly, like secure alphanumeric, like crazy combinations of stuff that just aren't easily crackable. Mm -hmm. And because of that, like, I I guess because I've been doing it for a long time, it's easy for me to remember them. So I don't generally need an app to back them up for me, which is nice. Mm. But do you use the same password for multiple accounts? No. Okay, because that would be unsecure. Yeah, that would be dumb. Well, that's what I would do. (laughs) I would use the same single word password for everything. And it was a a password that my parents would always use. So as a kid, I was just always using their password to enter their accounts. And then I just got so used to using that password. I've been using it for like 20 years, probably. Yeah, I'm guilty of doing that for things that I don't feel like make that much of a difference, like low stakes websites. But that's probably not very smart either, because somebody could easily try that and everything that i'm signed into and that's not good either so did you tell your parents to change this password no that's a good point i should probably do that because they definitely still use it right Uh, one reason i was nudged to fix all the passwords at once is because i noticed at least my version of chrome has a new password checkup and it shows you all the passwords that have made it out via leaks So it gives you a list, and I was easily able to go one by one and just change all my passwords. So try to hack me now, bitches. You won't be stealing mine. I'll have to check that out and see if any of mine have been leaked. Well, two people have not been hacked this week, but they are out. Right, Laura? Yeah. So Cory Booker 
is out. And, um, you know, this isn't surprising. I think this was something that we've all been predicting for quite a while. His fundraising hasn't quite been there, as well as his presence in the polls. Um, That said, I think that he led an overall very positive campaign. And I think that he like this campaign season was better because he was in it. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what we're going to get out of Corey in the future. Um, He's so young. So there are still so many opportunities for him to serve. Um, Also, Marianne Williamson is out. I honestly kind of forgot she was in. Yeah. I don't know about y'all. I was shocked by that. I was shocked by that. I didn't realize it either because she hasn't been at the debates. Right. She might still be in in spirit, but... (laughs) She probably is. She's out of the race. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. And um, a debate is coming up on Tuesday, so the day this episode will be released. Oh, fuck. Really? Yeah. Be excited. I'm immediately forgetting about that, honestly. Yeah, I've tuned out of the Democratic debates since, like... After the like second the first one, two. Yeah, yeah, me too. <laughs> okay, but the Iowa caucus is coming up in like two or three weeks, and you said that's when you're going to start caring. So just start practicing now by watching tomorrow's debate. No, I think I said I was going to start caring at Super Tuesday. Oh. <laughs> I understand Iowa and New Hampshire are both big traditions, and that's fine. I don't begrudge them that, but those populations are not reflective of this whole country. This debate is nice because I think there's only like six people participating, so it's going to be yeah. a pretty small group, and I'm looking what forward to that part. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, that does seem preferable Refreshing. to what we... Yeah, I know. I'm like, can you believe that we're like, only six people? Wow. wow. What a narrow field. Yeah, the 2016 Dem debates, I think, maxed out at like five people at their peak. Yeah. 2020, meanwhile, maxed out at what, 20 over two nights? Okay, well, if you need to cleanse yourself of all the 2020 mess that has happened in the two weeks we've been in 2020, our first sponsor of the week is for you. They're BioClarity, and they're actually one of our oldest sponsors, having been with us for two years now. I've been using BioClarity ever since because it just works for me. I used to struggle to keep blackheads and dry skin at bay, but BioClarity has really turned this around for me. It used to be a rare occasion for me to leave the house without foundation on, but now the tables have turned and I hardly wear foundation anymore. Just a little cover-up as needed for those blemishes that can come up now and again. They have two routines that fit your skincare needs. The Clear Skin Routine for oily or breakout-prone skin, or the Essentials Routine for normal skin and everyday use. Both routines consist of an easy-to-use three-step regimen that helps improve the look and feel of your skin and is packed full of detoxifying nutrients. These products are uniquely formulated to help nourish the skin with clean, plant-based ingredients. The routines also include a super special ingredient found only in BioClarity called Floralux, which is made from the chlorophyll from plants. This special ingredient also helps with redness, hyperpigmentation, and evening out skin tone and texture. And you can only find Floralux in BioClarity. Their products are 100% vegan, cruelty-free, non-toxic, paraben-free, sulfate-free, and artificial fragrance-free. They also offer a 100% risk-free money-back guarantee. Get healthier, more radiant skin by going to BioClarity.com. These products have really helped get my skin back on track. And even better, BioClarity is super affordable. And right now, for our listeners, you can save 15% off everything on their website. That's an incredible deal, but you need to enter our code MIL at checkout. 
So go to bioclarity.com and get 15% off everything on their website when you use our code MIL at checkout. Thanks, everybody who's joining us live on Patreon tonight. Rex just commented, growing up in Iowa, we do not represent America. <laughs> so Thank you, Rex. With you. <laughs> and sorry, kind of. <laughs> To kick off today's show, I wanted to talk about sustainability for a couple reasons. One, it's the new year. It's a great time to set some new goals for ourselves. But two, and I think I've only shared this on After Dark so far, but over the past few months, I've been editing actress Ivana Lynch's veganism podcast, The Chick Peeps, it's called. Um, It's a great show. They have awesome guests. So if you're interested in veganism, check it out. But they also discuss sustainability a lot and each week i'm working on the show editing it and i'm thinking about how i can be more sustainable so i thought it'd be great to discuss on our show this week and also it's just it's such an important topic earth is dying and it's in part because of our carbon footprints and it feels good to make changes in in what we're doing in our day-to-day lives we're going to break this into a few areas including what we already do to be more sustainable, what we will commit to do right here and right now, and the things we'd love to do, but, oh my God, so hard. So we're just going to have an open, relaxed conversation about it. Let's start with you, Laura. What do you already do? So I've been pescatarian for quite a while now. Mm -hmm. Um, This actually started as a challenge on this show like four oh, or five years about ago. Do you remember we had the vegetarian for a week challenge where yeah. everyone on the show went vegetarian for a week? Um, and I actually loved it. So I remained vegetarian for like a year and a half after that. Um, I did discover, though, that it it was really hard for me not to have some kind of like meat-based protein in my life. So I did factor in um, seafood. So I am... I am pescatarian now, mm-hmm. um, but that's one of the things that I've been doing. I also donate to Project Ren monthly, and they're a group that we've talked about on this show before, where basically you use their site's calculator to determine what your monthly carbon emissions are, and you donate to sustainable charities around the world to try and help s- offset your monthly emissions. That's so smart. Yeah, I I think it's a really great cause. I mean, there are certainly certainly valid complaints that you could have in terms of being like, okay, well, the best thing you could do is just not emit that carbon. Yeah, (laughs) instead of fly, asshole. Right, exactly. Um, So yeah, there's there's definitely valid viewpoints to have there. But that is Mm -hmm. one of the things I do. I also recycle. I participate in my county's recycling program. And uh, Mm -hmm. my car is a hybrid. Speaking of recycling, and we could talk about this more in a little bit, but I read these reports from time to time about how the things that we attempt to recycle don't even truly get recycled for a few reasons. One, they're they're just not being purchased from anywhere. B, our recycling gets wet or it's too dirty or it's not actually recyclable. Those two things, I think, are the main issues. It freaks me out, honestly, because I yeah. every time I fill my bin and take it, I always question is this actually doing anything? Yeah. And then I get really sad. I'm like, why am I even bothering to fold Mm -hmm. this up and and not put it in the trash can? Honestly, like the the biggest one of the biggest habits that I've gotten into in the past two years or so is making sure to really rinse out any jars that I'm recycling or even like um, containers of dairy free milk. 
and stuff like that because it's more likely that it'll get recycled if it mm. is cleaned out because technically you're not supposed to have any anything that's compostable in there and that's really hard for stuff that's already touching food yeah uh, but you- at least then you know that you're doing all you can on your part to make sure that that it does go into the recycling you know part of the recology section yeah instead of just going in the trash so i have the electric vehicle i have the tesla i bring reusable bags to the store and myself and i think probably millions of others at this point have been pushed into that by our cities because they started imposing these fees for every time you bought a bag from them so that forced a lot of people to save a little money by bringing their own bags and i'm so glad that cities did that because it it just forced change led lights i think that's a really easy thing that anybody can do they're not any more expensive than a regular light bulb and they last a lot longer i refuse straws and lids at fast food places when i go into a fast food place now and i see straws and lids waiting for me i just think about how i'm going to be using that for five ten minutes and it's going to be going into a trash can Unfortunately, there's no way around a cup, really. But straws and lids seem like such a waste. And then finally, I lean towards uh, vegetarian slash vegan products. I have, uh, I love veggie burgers from Trader Joe's. I love the Beyond Burger, and Costco has an amazing deal on them right now. Morningstar, they've been around forever. Also pretty good. I like their little breakfast sausage patties. Oh, and then one other thing, Imperfect Produce, and Pat recommended it on the show a few months ago. They will send you produce that you select that was too, quote unquote, imperfect for the food store. And you look at this stuff, it looks great. It's hard to tell why a food store wouldn't take this, but that's food that would have otherwise went to waste. Um, I also do reusable bags for groceries, but like you mentioned, uh, it was definitely something that was adopted because we were forced into it. Um, San Francisco, Bay Area, and then a lot of the surrounding areas too uh, have been doing this for, I think, almost 10 years. They were definitely very early adopters. Then um, also that's why when you visit um, San Francisco, and you're starting to see this more in other big cities too. They have what they call big belly trash cans. So it's not just one trash can or a trash can in a recycling bin. There's the compost bin, there's a recycling bin, and there's a trash bin. So it takes a little getting used to, but it does really help as far as really understanding what can go where. Other things that I do is uh, bring my own reusable water bottle, which also is cost effective because I'm not buying expensive bottles that I'm just going to throw away. I try to do the same with reusable straws, but you know, sometimes you only have so much room in your bag and you don't want to bring a bigger one uh, and it's kind of hard to carry those around. I'm also uh, mostly dairy-free because I am lactose intolerant and then I opt for plant-based meals a few times a week. So what will we commit to do right here, right now, that we do not already do? New year, new you. Laura, what are you changing? Something that I feel like is a really easy switch for me to make that I think can be really impactful is to bring a like a personal um plate and silverware set to work mm-hmm. for me to have there. Cause of course like we get meals and stuff sometimes and rather than like going and grabbing a paper plate or like a plastic single use plate, I can just have my own, um, my own plate and my old, my own fork and knife so that I'm not throwing things away every day and I can just wash those. I mean, that's pretty, like I could literally take that stuff out of my cabinet and take it to work tomorrow. 
I'm going to attempt to bring a reusable cup to coffee shops more often. We discussed this somewhere a few weeks ago. That's something that should be really easy for me to do. A lot of the time, I'm just walking across the street to the Starbucks, and I there's no reason that I can't bring a reusable cup that's just sitting here in my kitchen. So I'm going to be striving to do that. On the go, that'll probably be more difficult to do because I would have to remember to bring a coffee cup with me. And a lot of time when you're grabbing coffee, you're not planning in advance. You're like, fuck, I'm tired. I need some coffee real quick. I'm also going to keep a reusable water bottle in my backpack. And I figure that that will be an actually effective way of not buying bottled water while I'm out and about. Because I bring my backpack almost everywhere. Knowing that it's there, I'm going to be able to have access to water, you know, through a soda fountain, through a water fountain, somehow without buying another bottle of water or maybe you can ask somebody behind the counter to, they probably wouldn't allow that would they like if you're to fill a, up water yeah depends on where it is some some places are really strict with you know outside containers in the back yeah. because of food of regulations germs. but yeah yeah it can yeah. be a so, hygiene issue i'm gonna I'm sure do that. like a starbucks would do it though because they're still they're taking your personal coffee cup you know if you bring it to fill oh, that's it up, true so Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm also going to improve how often I donate or sell clothing and products in general rather than throwing things out. There are times, and I've even done this recently, where I will just take a garment and throw it in the trash instead of donating it, donating it to Goodwill or something. And I got to stop doing that. I mean, that's just stupid. In the Discord, Chelsea just said, in relation to the carbon emissions discussion we had earlier, isn't it sad that those that are rich contribute the most carbon emissions and the poorest of the poorest have to endure the repercussions? Mm-hmm. It's so true. So like on Project REN that I mentioned earlier, when it allows you to calculate your carbon emissions, it compares you to others in your country and then to the rest of the world. So for me, my carbon emissions are significantly lower than the average American, but they're still astronomically higher than the average like global citizen. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So it it really makes I mean it makes you feel like shit as it should. Yeah, maybe that's the only way we get people to change. <laughs> what do you want to change, Pam? Um, what are you so, going to change? Yeah, so one of the big things that I I do want to adopt this year, and I think about it all the time, and I just never do it. So this is a, a good time to hold myself accountable is to start bringing reusable bags for produce to the grocery store. Because oh. I already bring the bags for the groceries, but like if you want to buy a pound of apples or oranges or some lettuce, you know, and you're using plastic for that, that's a really easy fix. I know stores like Sprouts, they have their own bags that are pre uh, tarred out so that however much it weighs doesn't affect, you know, how much you're paying for bulk produce and stuff like that. But I also know that you can buy bags that are, that weigh about the same as like a, a plastic bag at the store and use those instead. So I feel like that will definitely be a big, big help. And I notice it too, because we, I don't know, my family just tries to reuse as much as possible. So we save those and I see them building up and I always feel so guilty when I see them. So I'm going to try and do that this year. Um, And then the other thing that I want to do is shorter showers. Like my showers aren't necessarily long, but definitely when I'm in there shaving my legs, I know I could turn the water off and it doesn't really sound like that big of a deal, but it does make a big difference in the long run. 
And we know you love music, so you're probably like throwing your own concert in the shower. Yeah, exactly. Before you know it, you've been in there for an hour. In there, I'm Britney Spears. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that innocent. <laughs> Cleaning your titties. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Pam, for that, because I used to have the same issue where my showers would be really long because of shaving. Um, So what I ended up doing is like um, getting like a little basin, like almost it could even be a bucket and filling that with water so that you have a place to clean off your razor so that you don't have to have the shower running the whole time while you're shaving. That helps. Mm. Yeah. And that's such it's such an easy thing. Mm-hmm. And I just don't do it. So I'm definitely going to do that. Let's make a few confessions right now. What oh, do we yeah. do that we know is bad, but we still do it anyway? Are you going to make me go first? No, I- I'll go first. So <laughs> okay. I, may have, I may have mentioned this. I can't remember. I definitely think about it all the time. Um, local pizza place. I love it. But they serve their slices in styrofoam. And I can't stand it. It just seems so archaic. Luckily, Duncan, who was on styrofoam for a really long time, they started getting rid of it. But actually, when we were driving home from Nashville, we stopped at a Duncan in, I don't know, the St. Louis area or something. And they had styrofoam cups again. I'm like, oh, oh, this is so old. Stop. This is terrible for Earth. But I still buy it because I still need that coffee. So my confession is that seeing styrofoam will not stop me from buying from a place. But I really should because I hate how that's going to waste. I've been so self-conscious during this whole conversation because I am drinking a smoothie. In a styrofoam cup? It is styrofoam, but and I don't know, I'm, I'm dubious of this. It claims to be recyclable styrofoam that Mm. breaks down in only a few years as opposed to the regular (laughs) stuff. I don't know if I buy it. It definitely feels different. Like it feels more, it feels like girthier than regular Mm. styrofoam. You know how regular styrofoam breaks really easy. Like I'm pressing on this pretty like hard right now and it's not breaking. And yet it breaks down faster. Apparently Hmm. it's, it's plant based is what the claim is, but I don't know. I still I still feel very uncomfortable. Like, I've yeah. been sipping my smoothie and being like, nobody called me out right now. <laughs> For me, flushable wipes. <laughs> and these, I they're so, I know, I know, I know. But I like to be clean. <laughs> like... I even even growing up in this country, I was like, it's really weird that it's like normal to wipe your ass with dry paper and call it good enough. Like, I was like, if you got shit on any other part of your body, that is not how you would clean it. <laughs> so Christmas 2020, we're getting you a bidet. How's that say, sound? Maybe Actually, one of those. That's something that we're thinking about doing so that'll <laughs> that'll help no i really want one because i don't want to keep fucking up the environment but also i just like my butt to be clean yeah i hear that i've and never it's like, i've never I gone to a wipes a little bit of a pass for that i when you wrote this down i thought maybe you meant you were taking your makeup off with those and then i was gonna mm. be like laura that's so bad for your skin yeah You're not no. helping yourself no 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 you should also try charmin ultra soft i really think it's more sp- effective than most toilet paper i'm but really it's still, impressed it's still dry paper taking soft shit off of you there's no way that it gets everything hmm, there's yeah. no way 
Hmm. There's still like microscopic turds stuck to you. It's gross. Do wipes guarantee that is not the case? I mean, I think that they definitely get things cleaner. Because the water lifts the waste. Yeah. Yeah. And also, I I feel like the wipe is the closest, like, equivalent to a bidet that you can get without actually using a bidet. It's honestly, I look at parts of the world where people don't really, like, use toilet paper the way that we do, but they use bidets, and I I admire them. I'm like, yes, you get it. (laughs) I just have to figure out how to sustain this when I'm not at home with my bidet like what do i do when i'm out in public well that's still a positive step it's still a good step forward because you're going to be using less wipes overall so i just don't like how that thing looks so you got to add it to the side of your toilet or whatever it's just a bidet oh and then everybody knows that you have one (laughs) right it's so it's so common and Almost every other country. So Yeah, remember when we were in Vegas that time, Andrew, and the hotel yeah. room had a bidet? I was just going to say, that was a trip of a lot of firsts for me. My first drink, my first makeout with a girl, my first bidet, my first butt plug. A lot of firsts. <laughs> a lot of firsts. <laughs> I won't tell you guys which one of those things I was responsible for. <laughs> just kidding. It was the butt plug. Everybody knows. <laughs> Everybody knows. That should be in our album art, too. The butt plug has followed yeah. us these past 14 <laughs> think, years. By the way, that makeup wipes triggered a bunch of people in the Discord. And Why? I'm sorry to be the one to break it to you, but it's just, it's not a good way to cleanse your face. Please, if you're a makeup wearer, just stop using makeup wipes. Um, or if you're using something like the makeup eraser, which is a reusable cloth that's hypoallergenic, double cleanse. You should be double cleansing anyway, but mm-hmm. you're going to see such phenomenal results and your skin will actually be clean and if you suffer from clogged pores and breakouts and stuff like that it just really helps overall to actually cleanse your face properly so Mm -hmm. do that if not for the environment then then for the sake of your complexion it really helps i'm also laughing at this conversation chelsea said how clean does your butthole need to be (laughs) and rex said some people want to eat ass chelsea so cleanliness is nice <laughs> because i also saw someone say they were pro ass eating and you know yeah, that's heartwarming that was... to know I guess. <laughs> it's funny because i was thinking about that too now i'm like paranoid when i hearing laura talk about wipes and how they're more effective alexa order some wipes <laughs> i just feel cleaner when i use them no i don't know i don't I can't order them. Now I'm tempted to, but I don't want to order them because they hurt Earth. Yeah, no, they're bad. They're terrible for the... Maybe... I don't I'll know. Just get a bidet. Just get a bidet. get a bidet. I'll let nobody like into that bathroom. Bucks. I think there's one called Tushy. It's like $100. That sounds so cute. I'm going to get one. a video of me using it for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? <laughs> it's cold. <laughs> it's getting everywhere. I'd just be afraid it would... It would the, the water would spray everywhere. That's what I would be afraid of. Well, presumably you're sitting over it, so it's not going to. <laughs> I don't know. The wrong angle, you know. Okay, and then somebody wrote almond milk. Oh, yeah, that's me. I, I love almond milk. It, it, soy milk upsets my stomach. And so I've been drinking almond milk for a really long time. But I know that it's bad. I know that it takes a lot of water. 
to produce almond milk. So even though it is, you know, a dairy-free option, it's also not the best for the environment. And I am attempting to switch over to oat milk. I've never tried it before. So if anybody's an oat milk purveyor, I would love to know what your favorite brand is that's a little bit lower in sugar and stuff like that. Um, I think Andrew likes oat milk, right? I had Oatly. Yeah. I was I was pretty happy with Oatly. That's good to I know. I think Costco just started doing an oat milk as well, actually. I think I saw it recently. Yeah. But I wanted to talk about, so sustainability, like we have to admit, it actually can come with a pretty steep price tag. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a lot of great ways to be sustainable, but those ways tend to be mostly accessible to the people who can afford them. So I thought we could talk about a few things that people across income brackets can do to make an impact, however small. Um, so one of the things we've already talked about was investing in a reusable water water bottle and ditching those single-use plastics for drinking purposes. Um, I think Pam also mentioned this too, but bamboo straws and toothbrushes so that you're not using those plastic items that are getting thrown away with pretty high regularity. Oh, yeah. Um, Also, buying secondhand clothing and just products in general. I think Jewel also shared this in the Discord, but ThreadUp is a really great resource for secondhand clothing. I've actually bought a lot of clothes off ThreadUp, and not only does it help with sustainability, but it's actually super affordable, and you can get brand name items for very cheap. So highly recommend that. Um, cloth napkins instead of paper towels. I know this is a reach, especially for Americans, because we are the paper paper towel country and we fucking love paper towels here, but (laughs) we have to get over it. I actually had a roommate in college who was from France and she saw the amount of paper towels that we used and she got so mad at us. She was like, I don't understand. Yeah. (laughs) Like, why can't you just use wipes and then wash them? That's something... I should have brought up earlier something that I do that I don't want to do anymore. I go through, like you're saying, Laura, a lot of paper towels. And I recommended, kind of jokingly, but also seriously, a few months ago, make a size paper towel rolls because you can take less. Okay, so maybe I'll vow to do this. I will go buy cloth napkins. Cloth napkins. (laughs) I've never heard of before. Okay, I'll go buy cloth napkins and I will attempt to use those. And then what? I go throw it in the washer? Yep. Just put them with your dirty clothes, and then you can do the whole thing at once, honestly. Okay. Okay. Yeah, but like, or like with the I'm... towel, like whatever you clean your house with, I'm assuming it's also some kind of cloth towel. You can do a load of towels. I'm not going to lie. I have definitely used old clothes as cloths. Like, yeah. Um, if I'm cleaning or whatever, I'll use like a ratty old t-shirt until it just disintegrates. I actually do that with socks that I can't find pairs for. I just set them aside oh, for that's dusting. a really good idea. Yeah, we've been doing that since we were kids. That's super smart, yeah. Yeah. Or like holy socks, too. Mm-hmm. Works for that as well. Uh, Andrew, I think this might have been you. LEDs are also on the list. LED light bulbs. That's something, like I said earlier same price as normal light bulbs they last really really long so you're saving money there too and they're more energy efficient it's just a no-brainer and then finally avoiding food waste like i mentioned um earlier there are places like imperfect produce where you can buy food that might otherwise go to waste but also just being mindful of how much food you're cooking and if you're going to eat all that and when you're out buying ingredients if you're actually going to use all those ingredients yeah definitely over over purchase of 
food is an issue that we're trying to get better about, especially with produce, because mm-hmm. we we do some of our shopping at Costco. And of course, Costco, everything comes in bulk. And we bought spinach there because we do eat a lot of spinach. We do smoothies and stuff. But we discovered there's no way the two of us can actually get through the Costco size thing of spinach in enough time. And so then like a third of the package ends up going to waste. So it's funny you mm. mentioned that because I, I've specifically stopped buying spinach at Costco because yep. I also can't. It, and it wilts so fast. Yeah, spinach goes really quick. Mm-hmm. Now, how about things we would love to do, but oh my God, they are so hard. There's no way we're going to be able to do these things. I really want to eliminate plastics from my life. Not mm-hmm. just single-use plastics, just plastics in general. Plastics are going to be the death of the planet. I mean, there are literal like plastic islands floating around in the ocean just of shit that we've mm-hmm. dumped out there. and. Especially living in this country, I feel like things come in so much unnecessary packaging. Like if I order something off Amazon or if I buy something, God forbid, from the store, it's like, why is there so much plastic? You could have just put this in a cardboard box and called it a day. I don't know why it needed like a plastic insert that matched its exact shape to hold it in place if it's something that's not even breakable. Like, yeah. Why? It's so frustrating. Yeah, and it's these such pe- a waste. You know, and people strive to be zero waste, and that's really admirable. But as soon as you become an Amazon customer or you buy anything out of the grocery store, whatever, it, game over. Something is going to come with plastic. Yeah, I mean, even if you're out buying like routine things like razors or pens, yeah, these things come wrapped in a ton of plastic, and there's just no need for it. Mm-hmm. My yeah, lots thing- of women's products too. I, I know that that's a. There's so much packaging there, and this is bordering on TMI territory. But like you know, reusable menstruation cups, those are options. But I know that they can be really scary for people. Um, but I've actually been contemplating switching over because of the cost effectiveness. But yeah, I also know that I that's, actually, it's not a feasible option for everybody because, you know, you have to be – you have to have the means to be able to, like, clean that. So, say, if you're homeless, that's not a good option for you, even though it could save money in the long run. Mm-hmm. I used to use a Diva Cup um, back in the day. And what's really great about those is you can wear them for 12 hours. So, you can go through your whole day without having to worry about it. And then you clean it as opposed to, like – contributing to waste. Right. Um, which is great. Also another thing, so I have an IUD and that made my period go away. So I just don't even have to deal with it at all anymore. So that's an option if you have access to something like that. But again, that's always the challenge when it comes to sustainability is the access portion of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so true. So what I would love to do, but it seems impossible, I would love to refuse all single-use items while eating fast food, fast casual. For example, what they wrap a burger in when it comes out. You know, they, they wrap it back there. They put it on a tray. You unwrap it. Ten seconds later, that wrapper goes to waste. I wish I could just like yell back in the kitchen, don't wrap that. But they 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 have to wrap it. It's going to require change at the top for something like that to ever change worldwide. Also, Dunkin' Donuts, you know, they wrap the bagel and then they put it in another bag. It just seems so unnecessary. There's a BuzzFeed series called 
my journey to zero waste. And mm-hmm. I, it's actually really good. I would highly recommend checking it out. But they did a, a whole entire episode trying to figure out if they could eat lunch out zero waste. So like bringing your own containers to mm. fast food restaurants and asking if they could put the food in there. And so many of them said no. I think Chipotle, if I remember correctly, is one of the only ones that will fill your own container if you have it. And obviously mm. some, you know, maybe more sustainably conscious places will do it. But it is yeah. really hard, you know, to to do that, even if you're trying your best. One place that uses all reusables is Panera. When you eat in, anyway, you get a real utensil, you get a real plate, and you leave it by the trash can when you're done. You're not throwing it out. I'm trying to picture like a sandwich that I get. I don't think it comes with any extra wrapper. So it's another reason for me to go to Panera every week. Yeah, I think the only time would be if you're eating out from Panera, yeah. like if you're mm-hmm. going through their drive through And then the other thing is solar. I would love to get solar in the next place. I buy because it'll probably be a house. But solar is expensive. (laughs) On the flip side, oh my God, you probably save so much money in the long run. It would be so cool to power my car and the rest of my home just with the sun. Yeah. Something that you could do is check and see if your local electric company has a solar program. Um, Because, like, I don't have solar, but um, my local electric company powers some solar panels and every month i pay a flat fee towards the upkeep of those and in return for that a certain portion of the power that is routed to my home is from solar and i get a tax credit for it too so stuff like that it's like a flat fee of twenty dollars a month it's not anything crazy so it's a really really small amount but yeah Every little bit helps. That's cool. I know you can also rent solar panels these days. Mm -hmm. And I think solar in general is coming down in price. I know Tesla does solar rentals. Uh, It looks like, I think I looked yesterday, it starts at $50 a month. So I might do that because otherwise Mm -hmm. solar, you're talking like $25,000, $30,000 up front. I would just want to give a call out to our Discord. Conversations like these are a great reason to be in the Discord community because this is like pages and pages long of people sharing their tips and tricks for how they have been more sustainable. Um, And it's just giving me so many good ideas. Like I saw somebody in here talking about like, yeah, speaking of old t-shirts for, you know, cleaning cloths, use an old t-shirt to, you know, clean your face, for example, because it's so soft. Um, And that's just another way that you can be sustainable and at the same time kinder to your skin. So, yeah, yeah lots That's of good stuff idea. going on in there. You could probably even make your own set if you're handy with a a spool of thread and a needle or even have a sewing machine. You could probably make your own, like, reusable paper towels to, you know, wipe your counter down in the kitchen. I know that a lot of times with, oh, like, say, smart. Bounty or bount, whatever the company is, advertises their paper towels. It's always like cleaning up a spill, but it's so easy just to get a rag and and do that instead. Yeah. So. My big one is buying local more slash all the time. And the reason that I don't do this more often is because it gets really expensive. So I know that, you know, we talked about cost and I definitely shop around, you know, when I'm doing my weekly or biweekly or bimonthly run to the grocery store, I'm not just going to Costco. I'm probably going to like three different stores to 
you know, save a bit of money here and there. Uh, but despite, you know, getting some of my produce from uh, stores that either stock local produce or even going to the farmer's market that sometimes has better deals than an actual grocery store, I know I could be doing that more. And one day when I have more finances, I would like to to move towards buying more locally. So we asked on Patreon, what are your life hacks for leading a more sustainable life? And like in Discord, we got a lot of feedback. Kristen said, something that is also a big issue in regards to sustainability and our global waste problem is fast fashion. I have watched a few documentaries on the topic and have since chosen to stop to shop secondhand as much as possible. About a year ago, I joined this bandwagon and bought numerous dresses for work at a new secondhand store that opened nearby. To this day, I still get compliments on a dress I spent $12 on. No one knows and no one cares how much you spent on your clothes. It's a great way to save money and help the planet. I wish Fast fashion, what does that mean, Pam? Can you explain that? That's like Target. Or even, Mm -hmm. I hate to say this to you because you were just talking about wearing it, but Stitch Fix also probably um, brings you fast fashion, H&M, anything that's not off the runway is considered What does that mean, though? Made for cheap? Like what? It's it's just made fast. It it is cheaper, but it's kind of like more accessible than, say, a a name brand clothing store. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I like, feel like, like fashion a high fashion Nova. clothing store. It's not like a Gucci, but maybe like, you know, if you go to like, say if you see something on the Gucci website, you're probably and it's really trendy, you'll see that at Target three months later, because they're trying to keep up with the fashion trends or the runway trends. That's fast. Fashion. I see. So a lot of these clothes are going to waste because they have so much extra inventory. Yeah. Well, also, they're not a good quality too. like, for example, mm. you could shop at Forever oh. 21, but that t shirt might not last you as long as something that's a little bit better made. Got it. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Fashion Nova, I think, is a good example of that. They have a lot of really cute stuff, but I've bought clothes from there that literally fell apart within the span of a couple of months. Mm. Yeah. I think that um, uh, I know that it's like I I would like to shop more, like, say, vintage clothes and stuff. But as a somebody that is a larger size, it's hard to find stuff that mm-hmm. fits. And I think Laura can attest to that too. Cause like I'm yep. like at full discretion, a size 14 in jeans, maybe larger or smaller, depending because women's sizes don't make sense, but you can't always find that at secondhand stores. So something like a thread up, which I know we brought up a few times during this episode is a good alternative to that, but mm-hmm. It's all about the accessibility, obviously. A few people mentioned their hydro flasks. Oh, I have a hydro flask and I have it on my desk. It's fantastic. (laughs) Why do people love this as opposed to other reusable bottles? Well, I do think that it's trendy right now, especially because of the Visco Girl trend. But in general, it's a very well made product. And I will say that out of all of the water bottles, because I have a few that claim to keep your drink cold or hot for, you know, upwards of 12 hours. This is the only brand that actually does it. Because I, I have I have a swell and I have a clean canteen and they're both double walled. But I took all three of them to the beach one day because I wanted to make sure I stayed hydrated. And Hydro Flask was the only one that actually had ice in it at the end of the day when I left. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Good to know. Yeah, they seem super popular. Huge, huge fan. They are expensive, but it is an investment. And, mm. like, I, I've definitely dropped mine before. Like, there's some little nicks here. 
Mm-hmm. But oh yeah, I mean it's it's great. It's great for travel. Just don't get the sports cap because it leaks. Oh, <laughs> but that's not very else Fantastic. Yeah. Couple more here. Jemima said, "I always try to shop at farmers markets or local veggie stores for my produce, so that I'm not buying anything in plastic. Also, cuts down on transport emissions. That's a great point." She also says, I avoid fruit that's out of season because usually that's flown in from somewhere far away. Speaking of transport emissions. Alexander said, for my family, I buy as much as I can from the local farmer's market to reduce the farm to plate footprint. And then I batch cook. Not only reduces cost slash time, but reduces waste as I cook five to seven meals worth of a dish. I then freeze the spare meals for another day. Uh, He also drives a Tesla, which is charged by solar panels on his roof. Which also means his home is off-grid for electricity. That's pretty cool. Honestly, Alexander's winning the game. (laughs) Yeah. And finally, Molly said, My work just formed a sustainability committee where they've basically removed all disposable coffee cups, silverware, etc. Some of my coworkers were pissed off about it. I don't know why. But it's also nice to see everyone just using an actual coffee mug around the office now. That's great. Mm -hmm. I'm going to totally start one here in sims industries start the sustainability committee for your hoa <laughs> there you go <laughs> That's what i thought you were getting at <laughs> oh <laughs> i'm on enough committees right now here in the building so that's it if anybody has additional feedback please email millennialshow at gmail.com we would love to hear from you if you have additional tips or whatnot or if you can help us out with our goals we'd love to know how we can do better And do you have any bidet recommendations? Because I think at Mm -hmm. least two of us are looking right now. Let me know. We have a returning sponsor for the year, and I get to provide an update on my experience with them. So I'm really excited. Their love book. The holidays are over. I know that's what you're saying to me right now. But Valentine's Day is coming up, and this would be so, so good for Valentine's Day. Love books help customers express the sentiments that may be difficult to say out loud. They also let you create an incredibly unique gift that shows the person you thought of them. Each book is completely customizable, but most customers use them to list the reasons why they love someone. I did this with Pat over Christmas, and he loved it. He started reading it, and then he stopped, and he said, I'll read it later because this is going to make me cry. And I said, no, bitch, you're going to read it right now and cry in front of me. (laughs) So he read it and he did that. And it was a really sweet moment. I loved it. He loved it. And you two have have made love books as well, right? Yeah, I actually made one for Mark um, long before love book was even a sponsor for the show. You genuinely loved them. Yeah. No, I mean, it was for our first anniversary. I made one for my mom for Christmas. My brother and I teamed up and we came up with some ideas because you you can customize it to include little inside jokes and stuff like that, which is really cool. And my mom does not cry very often, but she definitely cried when she was flipping through it. And I just found out that she's also been showing her love book to like anybody who will look at it. That's adorable. And and she's cried since then, too. So that is so great. It was a home run. I would 10 out of 10 recommend like also Valentine's Day aside, like Mother's Day is coming up too, and then Father's Day soon after. So Mm -hmm. So we want you to have the same moment between you and a loved one, whether it's someone you're in a relationship with, a family member, someone you need to win over. A love book is what you need to make. Do it now while you're thinking about it. Just take a look. 
You can design the whole thing for free. There's no commitment when you're putting it together. Just go online and have some fun with it. Visit lovebookonline.com slash M-I-L-L to receive a 20% discount only for our listeners. Again, visit lovebookonline.com slash M-I-L-L to receive a special 20% discount only for our listeners. Try right now. You're not going to regret it at the least, even if you don't buy it. I know you're going to. But if you don't, you're going to have some fun making these books because you get to write all these inside jokes and stuff. It's really good stuff. Well, y'all are definitely going to want to make these love books for each other. Maybe even make one for yourself because 2020 (laughs) is gearing up to be a real fucking just shit show of a year. So buckle up because we're only two weeks in and we're already... Um, possibly mired in an international conflict in the middle in the middle of an impeachment trial and just so much more. So since we last spoke, um, the Trump administration has continued giving conflicting information about why we launched a drone strike against Qassem Soleimani in Iraq. Um, Trump is now saying that it's because there were four imminent attacks planned against U.S. embassies, but um, our State Department has come out and been like, no. That was the biggest head desk of the week so far. I could not. Trump is just throwing numbers out there to make it sound worse than it actually was. And then his own administration is going against him. He just truly does not care about facts. Right. Well, and then Pompeo is even the one who coined this term about imminent attacks. But then when pressed for details, he wasn't able to provide anything that substantiated the term imminent. Like, oh, yeah, he he provided these very vague answers (laughs) and everybody was like, how is that imminent? Right. He basically went, what is imminent, really, if it's a threat to Americans anywhere? Yeah. Um, The U.S. and Iran have backed away from open conflict for now, although the U.S. has placed new sanctions on Iran. Excuse me. The U.S. and Iran had backed away from open conflict. We placed new sanctions on Iran, um, which for me kind of begs the question, like, what was the point of us pulling out of the Iran nuclear deal, because the whole idea there was that we would lift sanctions in exchange for Iran agreeing to supervised um, surveillance of its uranium enrichment programs. So now we've just done the opposite. We are placing new sanctions on them. And so they're like, well, okay, we'll just go back to enriching all that uranium. Um, Nancy Pelosi is preparing to send articles of impeachment to the Senate, and John Bolton says that he's prepared to testify. <laughs> but this is the other head desk moment of the week. Trump says that he's going to use executive privilege to block Bolton from testifying in a Senate trial, which a number of experts have stood up and been like, you can't do that. <laughs> so... Obviously, a lot's been going on in the last week, and we kind of wanted to take this moment to talk about how to cope with all of this and also what individuals can reasonably do to have an impact. Mm -hmm. So I thought we could start by just asking, how's everyone feeling? (laughs) I'm fine. I'm on (laughs) CBD oil. Thanks to the state of (laughs) Illinois, I get to take gummies now. I've had a mixed bag of experiences there. I think at this point, we're just so used to being frustrated that we're kind of even numb to that feeling. That's kind of a good thing. You know what I mean? Like, uh, we just get hit over the head 
week after week with frustrations. And at this point, I'm just used to moving on from this stuff. So that is one of the ways that I've been coping is to just let it go, to not focus on it too much. Because what I also will remind myself on a weekly basis is that there are people who are in D.C. fighting the good fight. You know, it's not like we're truly hopeless. There are people out there working around the clock to save us from this administration. So that makes me feel better. I will admit that I fell down the rabbit hole um, because, you know, news was kind of slow until this whole situation with Iran and I slipped and I noticed myself falling back into the bad habit of like turning on push notifications for news uh, companies that, you know, I had previously turned off on my phone or constantly refreshing Twitter and checking for the latest news, watching too much cable news or local news. And I needed to take a step back and remind myself that there's no point in checking, you know, around the clock. That's not my job anymore. Back when I did breaking news, like for hard news, maybe it was, but not necessary. And something that's really helped me is just reminding myself that I don't need to be checking throughout the day. It's probably more than enough to check once in the morning, once in the evening, and call it a day and stay informed that way. Because more often than not, not much is going to change within the hours between those Mm. two times. Mm-hmm. On a similar note, I I've really tried to step away from being frustrated about the stupid shit that they do that doesn't matter. So a perfect example of this, and it's not even something I want to get into, but the White House yesterday tweeted a photo of snowfall over the White House and <laughs> captioned it first snow of 2020. And it was like 60 degrees in DC yesterday. And it's so stupid. And there's no reason to lie about that. But there's also no reason to dwell on something like that because it doesn't fucking matter. Mm -hmm. Um, So really trying to step away from feeling frustrated by things like that. And a lot of that has to do with um, checking things like Twitter less. Twitter is such a fucking cesspool nowadays. Um, If I see a political hashtag trending, I kind of take a deep breath and I'm like, do I want to do this right now? <laughs> yeah. You know? Even politics aside, Twitter is pretty unhealthy because you're just yep. inundated with all kinds of news and social experiences that, you know, we've spoken about this before, so I won't get into it again. But yeah, I, I don't look at Twitter hashtags at all. When Trump took office, I unfollowed a lot of news accounts because I didn't want to be inundated with the same 30 Trump headlines a hundred times a day from different outlets. So like I still follow Washington Post, New York Times, a couple other big ones, but I did have to follow, unfollow CNN and some of these others. They're all just regurgitating the same stories, you know, so you don't need to be reminded of them so many times. I also make it a point to try and avoid cable news outlets for seeking my news. I can't quit it. I can't quit even three years into this. It's a sickness. Cable news is toxic. It is a cancer. And so I, when I know that there's something I want to read up more on, I try to like go straight to WAPO or New York Times or local newspapers to read more because cable news will just try to like sensationalize and clickbait 
mm-hmm. every little thing. I mean, if Meghan Markle farts across the ocean, it's <laughs> no. all of a sudden breaking news. That's a headline. Yeah. Um, honestly, I and I always feel so guilty um, confessing this, but I don't watch news anymore unless there is a special event going on. So like a uh, maybe a debate or it's breaking news. Uh, I would much rather just read, you know, three, six, whatever many different articles on the same subject. And I feel like that has really been helpful to my mental health because it is the same information. The only thing you're getting less of is like the shiny package with all of the spin, which honestly, like nobody needs in their life. So mm-hmm. that's been really helpful to me. But I understand that that's not doable for everybody. You know, not everybody has the luxury sometimes of having time to to read something. So they do opt for, say, listening to the news when they're getting ready or while they're eating dinner or on their way to work. Yeah, yeah I'll listen to NPR if I want to hear real-time news coverage. But also just cable news. The other thing about cable news is they spend an hour at a time on a news story. Mm-hmm. So they're just focusing on the same thing. Whereas... You go to NewYorkTimes.com, you read an article, you get the whole picture it's done. in five minutes. Right. Yep. CNN will spend an hour on that story. Something that isn't even maybe that big of a deal, but just because yeah. they have to fill time. Yeah. Right. It's. I mean, that 24-hour news cycle is so insidious because it forces them to have to fluff up every story they do because mm-hmm. it's all based on ratings and advertisers. Mm-hmm. The news isn't the point anymore, and that's the really discouraging thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jewel had just actually posed the question, what counts as cable news? And I think that's a great question. To me, I would say anything that any news network that is based on a 24-hour cycle in which they have to fill every single minute of that with news yeah. would qualify. Not yeah. local. Local news, that, that's completely different. Yeah. So, so what else can we do, Laura? Yeah, save so us. I thought, <laughs> well, I don't know if I'm going to save anybody, um, but... I feel like nowadays what we what we keep hearing, and it's a good call to action, but we keep hearing like, vote, 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 make sure you vote in November. And I thought that we could talk about what are some things people can do apart from voting this November, um, even though it is going to be a particularly important election. The first thing that I would say is to remember that every year is an election year. Be sure that you're paying attention to your state and local elections. Um, I actually have a really prominent example here. So locally, we had one thing on my ballot this last November, and it was in relation to a county ethics board. And effectively, what had happened was there were some conflicts with the old county ethics board. A new one was proposed, and this is what was being voted on. The upshot of this vote was that if you voted against the ethics board, the new bill, then you were voting to just not have a board of ethics in the county Mm. because nothing was going to happen if this didn't get passed. And if you voted yes on it, you were going to get an ethics board, but it was going to be an imperfect one. Only Mm. something like 12,000 people turned out to vote for this. Something that is substantially important because now my county doesn't have a board of ethics. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. And it's because so many people took, and and rightly so, so many people took umbrage with things that that were proposed with that board and feeling like that the county had too much overreach in terms of how the board was going to work. So there were definitely 
justified reasons to vote no on that. Mm -hmm. But I mean, when you looked at the breakdown, so few people voted on it. And now we have an outcome here that affects all the residents of the county, most of whom didn't even vote on it. So Mm -hmm. I would say really paying attention to things like that. A great way to pay attention is to download an app like Vote With Me. I don't know if you guys have ever used that one. Mm -mm. It is really good for reminding you about your state and local elections. But the other thing it does is it lets you spy on your contacts to see if (laughs) and how they voted in past elections. What? You can see how other people voted? Well, it pulls public records. Oh, Um, I'm downloading this. When you're registered to vote, that's public record. And if you vote in a primary election, um, it's public record which ballot you pulled. So if your friends are in a closed primary state, you can actually see what their party affiliation is. If they're in an open primary state like Georgia, where Mm -hmm. you don't have to be registered with a party to vote in the primary, it allows you to see whether people pulled a Democratic or Republican ballot in their last primary. (laughs) So it also shows you if they did or didn't vote. Wow. That's cool. I'm going to have to try that. Yeah, it's really cool. And it's, uh, it's a little bit discouraging when you start seeing how many of your contacts are not registered to vote. Mm. I will say. But it makes it really easy for you to reach out to them and be like, hey, you live in a district where there's a really important election coming up. So here's some information. Exactly. The other thing that I would say is to make sure to check your voter registration status regularly. Um, Your state should have some kind of voter registration portal where you can check this. The reason I say this is because I live in Georgia and we are on the heels of a really contentious gubernatorial election um, this past year where hundreds of thousands of voters, primarily Black voters, were scrubbed from the rolls. And a lot of times when people get scrubbed from the rolls like that, they don't even know because they're not necessarily keeping up with their registration status. So I would say at minimum, 30 days prior to any election, double check your voter registration. I mean, check it even earlier if you can, but just make sure you're still registered. Um, because I also had an issue a couple years ago where I randomly <laughs> was scrubbed from the rolls and I shouldn't have been because I had voted in the previous election. So there was no reason for me not to be registered in in that one. The other thing is if something shady seems like it's up, contact your local ACLU chapter. Um, We can provide a link to this in your show notes. It'll help you find your ACLU affiliates for your your county or district. The other thing, of course, call or write your senator and representative. Um, They have to keep tallies of these things. So if you're reaching out, especially to your senator with this upcoming impeachment trial, Um, That's something their offices are going to be keeping track of. So the more they hear from their constituents, the more of an impact you may see there. The other thing is I would say if you're able, participate in local town halls. You'd be surprised um, when your representatives come home from Washington, they'll do things like have town halls or do phone banking town halls where you can dial a number and speak to them in a conference call type format. I did this with Doug Collins when he was my representative, and he's such a fuckboy. But <laughs> I used to call in and ask really inflammatory questions, with which they always ignored. But <laughs> it's good to have that shit on the record. Yeah. 
you tried and they'll know. And the other thing I would say is to pick a candidate that you're passionate about and donate your money and or time. And of course, presidential candidates are great, but I would argue it's better if you can find a state or local candidate that you're passionate about because honestly, so much politics happens at the local level. And that's where people tend to pay the least attention. People pay attention every four years during the federal election because it's sexy. It's the president. But there is so much stuff happening under your nose in your own neighborhood. And this Mm -hmm. is a great way to have a direct impact on that and make sure that your values are being reflected in your community. And then speaking of your community, I would say invest in your community, not even thinking about politics, but find a cause that you care about in your community and donate your time or money there. Um, you know, reinvest in the community that allows you to to live a successful live life. Yeah. You know, exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Those tips. are my recommendations. I think you covered everything really well. I would just say everybody just relax and we'll try to get through this year together. <laughs> We have a lighter story, a gossipy story, a tantalizing mm-hmm. story in a couple of minutes. But first, we have another returning sponsor this week. I'm so excited when a sponsor comes back because it means you at home liked them. So that's always good to see. This one is HoneyBook. We're lucky to have a lot of creatives in the audience. Your creative passion is now something you're pursuing part-time or full-time. But maybe you wish you knew something sooner, like how much time drafting proposals, creating contracts, and chasing down payments would take. The good news is that HoneyBook can help with all these tedious administrative tasks so you can get back to doing what you love. HoneyBook is an online business management tool that organizes your client communications, your bookings, your contracts, and invoices all in one place. I'm really lucky that I've been able to take on additional podcast editing and consulting work in my spare time, and HoneyBook has been there for me. The thing I needed help with first, damn invoices. For the longest time, I was making these basic-ass invoices in Google Docs. I was doing this for my podcast side hustle, but also for Hypeable as well. They were just awful. They looked like they were made by a fourth grader because I had no clue how to actually make an invoice look like an invoice. I just did not know where to begin. So I just did this boring piece of paper. Um, But HoneyBook steps in and saves you. You can automate your busy work. They have easy-to-use templates for emails, proposals, brochures, and yes, invoices to make you look like you're not only great at the creative side of your job, but you're also good at business management. Fake it till you make it. (laughs) Am I right? (laughs) And right now, HoneyBook is offering our listeners 50% off when you visit tryhoneybook.com slash M-I-L-L. Payment is flexible, and this promotion applies whether you pay monthly or annually. Go to tryhoneybook.com slash M-I-L-L for 50% off your first year. Go to that URL now. You'll instantly see their interface, and you'll understand why they are so great. That's tryhoneybook.com slash M-I-L-L. And thank you to everybody who supports our sponsors. By supporting them, you are helping us. So thank you. We appreciate it. So Pam, what's been going on overseas, please? Well, um, in news that shocked many people around the world, Harry and Meghan announced just last week that they actually want to stop being uh, full-time royal members of... Uh, or members of the royal family, and uh, move towards being 
financially stable on their own. So this was pretty shocking, I think, to a lot of people. And I think even to all of us, like we all were very interested in this, besides, aside from the fact that we have varying levels of interest in the royal family in general. You love them most of all, though. You've told us before that you're a big fan of the royals. Oh, I just, I, I mean, yeah, I get sucked into the weddings because how can you not? <laughs> There's a shortage of nice news in the world, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, that the, those are great to tune into. Uh, but yeah, this is, this is a really big deal. And um, I wanted us first to just talk about why we thought this was interesting, uh, personally, but then also I thought it was very important to, to make sure that we got some feedback from our UK listeners specifically, because, you know, their taxpayer dollars go into funding the lifestyle that the royal family is still able to lead as, as symbolic figureheads of their country. So we have, have a couple of those to go through as well. Um, Laura, I think specifically you were quite intrigued by this, and I and I want to know why. Yeah, so, okay, I will say that part of this is because very recently I got into The Crown on Netflix. Oh, that'll do it. And, <laughs> and I binged all three seasons of it very quickly, and I'm not so much interested in the fanfare of the – I feel like they almost get celebrity treatment even though they're they're not really supposed to be celebrities. Um, but the history of it is so fascinating to me. And like all, all of the sequence of events that led to this family being the royal family, you know, the fact that Queen Elizabeth was not originally in the line of succession, it was because her uncle abdicated, that she's even where she is at all. Um, I find it so fascinating. And I also kind of look at at the way that they've treated, you know, the the institution of marriage so archaically up until very recently. I mean, even with Charles and Diana, it felt like something out of another century. Um, so I just I find it I find them a really interesting institution to look at because I'm just like it, they feel so in in a lot of ways out of touch with modern society. So I'm kind of like morbidly fascinated with how they even exist. I was just honestly, I was in, I was mostly surprised by your reaction to this. So I, that's why I put you on the spot yeah. because it doesn't really seem like something that you would care that much about. It, it's typically not. It really typically isn't. But again, like I do think that the royal family does do good work. And it's not to say that they're not important because they they are an important institution. It's just I am very morbidly fascinated by the whole thing. <laughs> no, that that makes total sense. I think uh, celebrity aside, and you know, um, I think that honestly, specifically with with William and Harry, it is really the Diana factor that comes into play because she did so much good work with the platform that she was given that it's hard not to look at her as a, a philanthropist and a humanitarian and then to see, I think for a lot of people to see her sons carrying on that work, despite, you know, the pain they went through from losing their mother so young. Um, I think that means a lot to to people. And that's why um, not just people in, in England, but also people around the world are so invested in how 
they are doing and 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 how they're choosing to live their lives and stuff like that i was certainly intrigued by by the scandal of it all because this is something like this has never happened before right and then we were reading how it caught the family off guard they i don't think we're expecting them to make this announcement so soon but yeah i largely i don't care i maybe i need to watch the crown and i'll start caring though i do oh, love down so it is like aside from the historical aspects it's just such a beautiful show to watch like the costumes the sets everything is just so lovely mm-hmm. and, and, and also then, you like downtown abbey so this is right up your your street yeah yeah well so we're recording monday night what did the queen say today so today the Queen said that she, basically that they're in accord with what Harry and Meghan want to do. Uh, but she also had the caveat that she would have liked for them to have stayed on as full-time members of the royal family, which was very interesting to people, especially because I guess the whole thing about uh, Prince Charles eventually, you know, ascending to the throne was that he was looking to have a slim, a, a more slimmed down primary royal family that is like a full time working royal family, which I thought was really interesting. Um, and a lot of people were pointing to that as to why the time was good now for Harry and Meghan to decide they wanted to take a spe- step back, especially since, you know, uh, William and Kate have their own kids. So he's he's very far removed uh, in terms of like, the direct line to the throne now that his brother has had children. So Hmm. I don't think that anybody was surprised that the queen's statement today was one of support because regardless of whether or not they, they actually truly support it behind closed doors, it's a PR nightmare for them to come out and say, you know, we don't agree with this decision and we're going to cut them off forever. I don't think anybody (laughs) was like expecting that. No, um, and they wouldn't want that endless negative PR campaign right. if they did cut them off, you exactly. know? Exactly, 100%. Well, and I think they learned their lesson about that, right? Like, about cutting people off and stripping them of their titles. I mean, that's kind of the Diana syndrome. And I mean, that ended up blowing up in their faces in the end. So I think they're probably trying to tread very lightly here and not alienate um, you know, Diana's son and daughter-in-law and potentially, you know, result in some kind of catastrophic fate. Mm. So like I said, we did ask you guys to chime in on Facebook and specifically we were looking for feedback from those of you that do happen to live in the UK. And we got so much, like so much so that we we can not read it all on air, but we pulled a few that we thought kind of encompassed the general consensus from, you know, how people are thinking across the board. And there's three here. So that works out really well, because there's one for each of us. Who wants to go first? (laughs) I'll read the first one. They said, Megan has been vilified since day one. It's no wonder she has stepped back and now seemingly formally. Re-financially independent, I genuinely believe he meant from the taxpayer, and largely they will be, definitely a huge reduction. He still intends to take money from his dad's estate. Now, maybe I am wrong, but what bloody business is that of ours? Let's be damn sure if our folks were minted and offered us money, we would probably take it all too. I'm a big advocate of the BRF, British Royal Family, I assume, and what they do and bring to our country. At the same time, they seem like a right bunch of dicks sometimes. Harry never (laughs) has followed the rules. He also pointed out this. I know you didn't highlight it, but he said, let's remember he was photographed drunk and naked in Vegas. I forgot about that. But yeah, I remember when that all happened. That was Yeah, Harry has always been 
very scandalous. I mean, remember that Halloween party he went to where he dressed as a Nazi? Yeah, oh, he's yeah. definitely no saint. No, mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Meg is, Megan's cleaned him up, so it's fine. <laughs> Han says, I'm mildly interested in the royals, so I don't understand the level of obsession by some people. However, both myself and my boyfriend have talked about it, and generally we feel it's understandable that they'd want to leave the royal family and have more of a normal life. Megan will always be treated differently than Kate because racism. She's American, and I think she's more actively outspoken than Kate is and seems to want to be more independent than is traditionally allowed. Plus, I think Harry can see how insane the press is surrounding his wife and doesn't want history to repeat itself. Mm. Yeah. No, I mean, I... The British tabloids... Yeah. ...are so fucking awful. And I mean, not to say that Kate Middleton didn't get this treatment as well, because in the early days, they were rough on her too, I remember. I don't think they will ever forgive Meghan Markle for being biracial. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I just, I think that that is something they're always going to hold against her. And I don't blame her for not wanting to be part of it yeah. and not wanting her child to be part of it. Yeah, if you um, are interested in hearing what other people had to say, the... The post is in the Facebook group for the show, and I think there's upwards of 50 um, comments in there. So there's definitely a lot to work with if you want to continue the conversation with other listeners. Um, But I do know that one person also did some side-by-side comparisons between how the press treated Kate or treats Kate and how they treat Megan. And I do think that that is really interesting. And there is something to be said for Mm -hmm. that as well. Absolutely. Last one here comes from Daniela, who says, I find it hard to be hugely sympathetic to Harry and Megan. They are essentially two very privileged people who are all about being woke, but also complain about their very first world problems. Yes, the press are bloody horrible and trolls, but trolls will be trolls and they don't have to read the stuff. Like it or not, the royals are public property. And if you join the firm, that is what you are signing up for. I have two problems with the what and how of the Sussexes announcement. First, they seem to be trying to have the best of both worlds, which I think is unrealistic at best. It is impossible for them to be financially independent unless they renounce their titles, because until that time, the Met is legally required to provide security for them at an undisclosed cost. Second, it's discourteous and disrespectful to make such a huge announcement without talking to family first, Royals or not, that's his granny, his dad, and his brother, who all have apparently been blindsided. Not cool. Those are really good points. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, they would never be able to truly escape the family. The tabloids are going to follow them no matter what, even if they renounce their titles, because it they're still the two who left the royal family. So it's just a lose-lose situation. There was, yeah. there was no good solution for them here. At the end of the day... They're two people, they're two adults who just want to go out and live their own life. And I think it took some really big balls to do this. And I admire them for that. There was a joke on Twitter, Pam, that this is some guerrilla marketing for Red, White, and Royal Blue, that book that we really (laughs) love. (laughs) Because something kind of similar happens in the book. Honestly, this is a great time to uh, to read that if you want more royals. Or The Royal We, which is, um, I believe, loosely based off of the William and Kate love story, which I also highly mm. recommend. Red, White, and Royal Blue is really good, though, because it's two guys and they, are, they have really long sex scenes. So I approve. 
Do they use wipes? I wonder. You'll have to ask the author. We here at Millennial, we are proud to be a listener-supported show over at patreon.com slash millennial. Not only does your support help us to make the show a priority in our lives, but it gives us the backing we need to create lots of behind-the-scenes bonus content for our supporters. Support us at the $5 level over at patreon.com slash millennial and gain access to our flagship benefit, After Dark. Also, coming soon, the Millennial Variety Show, our exclusive Discord channel, which has been brought up a lot today, thanks to everybody who's been joining us this evening, and a whole lot more. By supporting us, you're also helping us upgrade our recording equipment. I got a new camera that I'm rocking and rolling with this week. Nothing spectacular, just something to up the resolution a little bit. And we're also going to get one of these for Laura this week. We were going to get one for Pam, but her brother already bought her a new one in support of us adding this benefit. Wasn't that sweet? Should we pay him back? Sure. He's a poor (laughs) college kid. He'll welcome that. Yeah. Oh, great. Oh, well, and he still bought you that camera anyway. Oh, I love that. (laughs) So thank you. We really do try to reinvest your money. Patreon.com slash millennial pledge at the $2, $5, or $10 support levels today. And you can see all the benefits right there. Time for recommendations. Laura, what's yours? I want to recommend Netflix's Dracula. Um, It's a three-part series by the creators of Sherlock. Oh. And it's so good. If you're a book purist, I just want to warn you, this show takes a ma- takes several major departures from um, Bram Stoker's original novel. But I liked um, a lot of the updating that they did. And the cast is great. Um, and the narrative is just really entertaining. Also, Dracula is such a dick, and it's so fun to watch. So highly recommend. It's great for, uh, you know, a cold evening that you want to spend bundled up under the covers in front of your TV. I recommend the special Jeopardy tournament happening right now. Jeopardy greatest of all time. Have either of you been watching this? Yes. No. Okay. I learned this week, Pam, just how old I am because I'm really invested in this tournament. So the three greatest Jeopardy players of all time, the most successful, are now competing against each other in a tournament. There have been three episodes so far. The next one is Tuesday night. Ken Jennings could win it all tonight. So... This recommendation might not age very well, but it's really fun because these three are pros and seeing them compete against one another is pretty fascinating. They're mind-blowingly smart guys. Who do you think is going to win, Pam? Do you want to make a prediction real quick? I've been saying that Ken's going to win because I I, I felt that way even before the first episode started. I just feel like, you know, he's he's the one that's won the most money so he definitely knows how to play the game he's definitely not as um i would say he plays a little bit more caution than some of the other characters but one of my favorite things about this mini series or this special series is that they've all literally been betting everything when double jeopardy comes up and that gives me such a rush and ken jokes i'll never do that again and then he does that again he's so reserved (laughs) but then like all the other guys are doing it or the two other guys are doing it so he has to yeah And the ratings have been skyrocketing. Every night has been better than the last. So I think a lot of people are catching on to this. I think James Holzhauer, is that how you pronounce his last name, is going to win. Oh, you think so? Ken's in the lead right now, but I think think James is going to pull through. It's going to be a tight race for sure. 
My rec is the Call Me By Your Name audiobook. Um, it's actually narrated by Army Hammer, who obviously starred in the movie alongside Timothy Chalamet. And um, the the story is not only very lovely, um, but it's also just such a beautifully written book. Uh, but then on top of that, Army Hammer just has a very soothing voice. So if you're looking for something to add to your to-read list for the year and you want to sink your teeth into a good audiobook, I would recommend that one. Do you recommend we pair this with a vibrator or a loop as well? Yeah, sure. That plus red, and white, and royal blue. It's like a whole <laughs> bundle. <laughs> excellent. Excellent. Maybe this that can be your physical cope. gift for the year. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, a millennial branded vibrator. <laughs> That's the 2020 physical gift. If you would like to get in touch with us today, you can email us millennialshow at gmail.com. You can also send a voice memo that way. If you would like to send your feedback and let us hear you, we would love to hear from you. Or use the contact form on millennialshow.com. Don't forget, we also have the confessional over at millennialshow.com. Also, follow us on social media. We are Millennial Show on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook. Just search for Millennial Show and you will be kept up to date on the latest show happenings. What are we doing in After Dark? Laura, speaking of sexy times. So we're going to be talking about the latest data surrounding millennial sex trends and the amount of STDs (laughs) this generation has. You're going to so make we'll, me come clean about something again, and I don't appreciate it. This is going to be the last I think, time. I think we're all going to come clean about oh, something. Great. Um, <laughs> um, but no, it's it's really going to be a conversation about like safe sex trends, how seriously we've taken those things in our past, and even how Gen Z is being impacted. Because, of course, um, they have a lot of very similar trends to what millennials have. So it should be a great and sexy talk. A sexy talk. Except for the STD stuff. That stuff's not sexy. No, but we'll have some fun with uh, (laughs) the conversation as we always do. We're also going to surprise bitch one of our listeners in After Dark today. So without further ado, I'm Andrew. I'm Laura. And I'm Pamela. Bye, everybody. See ya. Bye. (laughs) I love whoever picked this so hard. This song runs through my head at least once a month. Honestly, I feel like a lot of the world's problems would be fixed if we brought Captain Planet back. Hell yeah. With our powers combined. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the whole thing about is about like fighting bad guys that are polluting the earth. <laughs> Which of the elements would we be? I'd probably Wins! be fucking heart because, you know, the brown kid always has to be heart. <laughs> <laughs> what would you be, Laura? I was going to say I'd be water. Water.